of this series, we would like to discuss another type of experience. However, unlike the first two, this type of experience is totally different. A valley, a wilderness experience, or not experiences that we usually welcome, although they do benefit us. They are not experiences that we seek after. But this third type experience, one that involves a supernatural encounter with the Lord, a powerful, please listen to this, joyful, unforgettable type experience with God. We are referring to this type experience as a mountain top experience, a mountain top experience, unforgettable, joyful. It is powerful. It is an encounter we have with the presence of God. These supernatural type of experiences can listen to what God said as he gave me this. It can provide us with a great sense of awareness and appreciation for the presence of God in our personal lives. Please don't miss this. It can provide us with a sense of appreciation, a sense of presence of God in our personal lives. It can also provide us with a sense of appreciation and calmness in a crazy, chaotic world that we are living in. It is a special encounter with God. If you have had it, you know what I'm talking about. Someone says, Pastor Jackson, how do I know if I've had a mountaintop experience? It is one of those things that if you've had it, <laughs> I tell them all the time, Pastor Lawson, you don't have to ask anybody if you've ever experienced it. You will tell me that I've had a time with God. Listen, there's a wonderful song of Zion, song of the church. In fact, it's one of, was one of my father, if not his favorite songs. And the lyrics of the songs go something like this. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear. Listen, the son of God discloses and ooh, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy ooh, <laughs> we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Second verse goes like this. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. The melody that he gives to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me <laughs> and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there 
none other has ever known. I see why my dad liked that song so much. Because if you've ever had that kind of relationship with God, if you've ever been to a point in your life where it's just you and God and something bubbles up in the inside of you. The late Mother Josephine Anderson would say that I feel it in the inside, but it's bubbling up on the outside. That's when you know you've had a mountaintop experience with God. You can't define it. Nobody can describe it to you about you, but you. But if you have ever been there, you would want it over and over and over again. Every believer under the sound of my voice, no matter where you are, if you've ever had a mountaintop experience, just lift your hands for just a moment and just tell the Lord thank you. If you've ever had a mountaintop experience, just tell the Lord I thank you for sharing that kind of experience. Listen, there are some well-documented mountaintop experiences that have been recorded throughout the Bible, such as Abraham's on Mount Moriah, when he says to his son Isaac, and God will provide. Or Elijah's experience on Mount Carmel, when he challenged the adversary to call on their gods. And then he called on the Lord, his God. And then Moses' Mount Sinai experience in which Moses went there. God said uh, to Moses uh, that you can't even see my glory. I take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. All of those are powerful biblical mountaintop experiences uh, that touch the lives of those men of God in such a powerful way. However, in our text this morning, perhaps we have what is the greatest recorded mountaintop experience in the Bible that is found in our text allow us to digest the text for a moment. Today's text occurs during a very special and significant time in the ministry of Jesus Christ. For Jesus was now in the process of preparing his disciples for their, this is so important, future assignment. He was preparing them for what was to come which was to carry the good news of the gospel throughout the world, listen, in the midst of trials and tribulation. It was not going to be easy, but you have an assignment to carry the good news of the gospel and to oversee the establishment of Jesus' church. Please note the words that I've chosen to use. It wasn't their church. It's not our church. It was Jesus' church. The church that Jesus talks about in St. Matthew's chapter 16 and verse 18 and 19 when he says to Peter, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not 
prevail against it. It shall not overthrow the church. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid or whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth or loose on earth shall be permitted or loose in heaven. That's the church that they had the assignment over their life. They had the assignment to go and establish this church. But Jesus knew something. Jesus knew that it was important for these future apostles. They were not apostles then. They were future apostles. And let me note, they were not self-appointed apostles. Jesus had called them to be an apostle, to go out and establish ministries. Uh, But Jesus knew that they needed more than just a title. If they were going to be future apostles, if they were going to be future church planters, they had to understand exactly who Jesus was. They had to know that he was the promised Messiah, that Jesus was the Son of God. So we find in the text, in verse 1 of the text, Jesus does something. He chooses three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. This is so important. And I said to the congregation this morning in the early service that there are times in our life, please listen to this, that God chooses us to go to a place where he cannot take everybody with us. He cannot take all of those that hang around us. We're living in a time where everybody's got their posse, they got their group, they got folk that hang around, they've got their friends, and people want to take them wherever they go. Where there are times in our spiritual walk with the Lord, which the Lord says, I'm going to take you to a place where I cannot take everybody else. There were 12 disciples. Only three of them went on the mountain. There were 120 uh, in the macro of the disciples that met in the upper room, including women and powerful women as Mary Magdalene and others. But only three went with him to the mountaintop. Jesus, verse 1 says this, he takes Peter, James, and John, and he led them up a high mountain to be alone with him. <laughs> Remember that song, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses? Jesus says, you need to have some alone time with me. Can I say something? Uh, perhaps one of the best things that have come out of this crisis is that you've eliminated all the hanger arounders. All the folk that you just absolutely thought you had to see every day to make your life fulfilled. You have been to a place where you can't be around your normal group of people. Perhaps you've learned more how to rely and lean on the Lord. Such was the case. They are now alone with Jesus up a high mountain. And while on top of that mountain... (laughs) Something incredible was happening. Verse 2 talks about something in theology that's called the transfiguration of Jesus. 
The New Living Translation simply calls it the transformation of Jesus. Jesus' natural body changed into a celestial being. Uh, he was now uh, beaming like sunlight. It was almost like he was translucent. They could see through him. He, he, he became something they had never seen before. Where did it happen? On top of the mountain. A mountaintop experience. Here's what they saw. Here's what the Lord said to me. And the Lord dropped this in my spirit in between the first and this service. God says they could only see Jesus like that on the mountain. Somebody please catch this. Problem is that we want a special relationship with Jesus, but we're not willing to go where he needs to take us in order to enjoy that kind of relationship. That Jesus, that kind of Jesus, who they only saw him on top of the mountain. Jesus had to take them there. They also, according to the text, witnessed something that was supernatural. It was out of this world. They witnessed, the three disciples witnessed Jesus in dialogue, in conversation with patriarchs of the Bible who had been dead for over hundreds of years. They saw Jesus talking to Moses and the prophet Elijah. Where did it happen, Pastor Jackson? On top of the mountain. <laughs> In other words, you could not see the transfigured Jesus unless you went on the mountain. You could not see Jesus in conversation with somebody like Moses and Elijah unless you were on top of the mountain. They saw Jesus in dialogue uh, with men that they had only read about. Now, picture your Holy Ghost imagination. You're on top of the mountain and you see Jesus transfigured and having a conversation with perhaps two of the icons of the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah. Peter, Peter, you know Peter, who's never lost for words. Peter, who's always got an opinion about everything. Peter could not contain himself. <laughs> Peter could not just shut up and witness what God was doing. Verse 4 says, Peter says to the Lord, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here. The King James puts it this way, it's good for us to be here. In other words, Peter says, I'm so glad you've chosen us. I'm so glad that we are so special that we could see this. And then Peter says something. He tries to make this carnal and not spiritual. Woo. Please go with me. If you don't remember anything else about a mountaintop experience, remember, it is not to put more money in your bank account. It is not to help you pay your mortgage. It is, it is not so you can pay off your student loans. Uh, those are carnal, earthly things. A mountaintop experience is all about a spiritual relationship. Peter was still caught up in the carnality, in the flesh, in the materialistic things of the world. And Peter says to Jesus, not only is it good for us to be here, 
This is what I would suggest we do. Let us build three shelters. Let us build three different memorials. We want to memorialize this moment. We want to memorialize your presence on this moment. So let us build three memorials, three shelters. And the Bible said in verse number five uh, that as Peter was still talking, God interrupted Peter uh, with a voice from heaven and said to Peter and the other two, this is my beloved son who brings me great joy. And then listen to these last three words. Listen to him. <laughs> In other words, Peter, shut up. This isn't about you. Listen to him. Appreciate the moment. Problem with some of us is that God gives us a mountaintop experience and the next thing we want to do is write a book. Next thing we want to do is create a podcast. Next thing we want to do is create a ministry. And we want to memorialize it and make it all about us. And make it all about, look what God has done uh, for me. The problem is we have enough memorials. We have enough sanctuaries. We have enough mega buildings that's hosted mega ministries. God says this mountaintop experience was not for you, Peter. What God wanted Peter, James, and John to know was that this incredible, unforgettable mountaintop experience was bigger than building memorials that glorified who they were. And Peter, this was not to validate you as a top disciple. Ah, can I say something? And this moved me, and God challenged me with this so much. God says, let me tell you something. As God began to speak to me in my prayer time during this pandemic, and God says, when we go back, I need you to go back with a different mindset. I need you to go back with a mindset. And this is what God said, Pastor Lawson and Pastor Matt. God says, we go back, and it's not just about building the church. It's not about paying off the mortgage for the church. It's not about building the next project for the church, building the youth zone, building this, developing the community development. All of those are good things, God says, but I don't need another memorial to how great the church is. I need you to understand something that I am giving you something uh, that is very special. I'm giving you an opportunity to see my glory <laughs> so that you will be able to change the world. It was not about their validation. It was about the wonderful, glorious presence of Jesus. And God says, when I bless you, when I give you those come to the garden alone moments, it's not about you. Pastor Jackson, it's not so you can write another book. It's not so you can do another series. It's not so that you can be listed at who's who. In the None of that matters anymore to every preacher under the sound of my voice. God says, it's not about you. 
It's not about your ministry, but it is about the kingdom of God. It is about so that God can get the glory. Now listen to this. Uh, perhaps the most significant point in this text is recorded in verse 9. Uh, the most significant moment of this text is recorded in verse 9. I shared this morning, I remember as a student hearing one of my late professors who's gone on to be with the Lord said this. He says, verse 9 tied it all together. And here's what verse 9 says. Verse 9 simply says, as they went back down the mountain. Please don't miss this. As they went back down the mountain. In other words, as great of an experience as this was, this was not their intended destination. The mountaintop is not a destination. It is a place to go so that you can go to a place where God is sending you where you can fulfill God's purpose in your life. As they went back down the mountain, I took you there for a reason. The real work of the church, the real work of your ministry, the real work of your life is not on the mountaintop, but it is at the foot of the mountain. It is in a place called the valley. <laughs> and God says, if you want to know how important it is to be able to go back down the mountain, then take note of what happens in verses 14 through verse 16 of this text. Look at this. Verses 14 to verse 16. And I want you to hear this. And it says, and I'll quote, at the foot of the mountain, at the foot of the mountain, what is the foot of the mountain? It's called a valley. At the low place of the mountain, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. A large crowd was waiting for them, waiting for Jesus, Peter, James, and John. A man came and knelt before Jesus. <laughs> Please look at this. A man came as they came down the mountain and knelt before Jesus. And the man said to Jesus, Lord, please have mercy on my son. My son has seizures and he suffers terribly. My son uh, is sick, Lord. My son is going through something. He often falls into the fire and he falls into the water. But look at the next verse. This man then turns to Jesus and says, so I brought him to your disciples. But they couldn't do anything. They couldn't heal him. <laughs> Lord, I, I, I need help. I need deliverance. I'm trying to save my child. 
My child is going through something, and if you don't help me, I'm going to lose my son. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Verse 17, look at what Jesus says to his disciples. Even he says this, Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Then Jesus says, bring the boy to me. In other words, Jesus says, you've been with me. You've seen me turn water into wine. You've seen me walk on troubled seas. You've seen what I can do. In other words, you've got to be willing to take your experience and use it to make somebody else's life better. In other words, the purpose of the mountaintop experience was to prepare them. Please don't miss this. The purpose of our mountaintop experiences, they are to prepare us for what is going on at the foot of the mountain, not on top of the mountain. Problem with too many church folk is that we are convinced that we ought to live on the mountain. We want to dance, dance all night. We want to shout all day. We want to have a glorious time in the Lord. And God says, while you're having your mountaintop experience, some father's praying for their son. Some mother's praying for their daughter. Somebody said, please save my child, Lord. Please deliver them. In other words, Jesus says, I took you there so you could see the glory of God so that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. I took you there so that you can lay hands and people recover. I took you there so that you can stand in the midst of a flood and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I took you there because at the foot of the mountain, in the valley, there are demons that are trying to destroy our family. There are demons that want to pervert your sons and daughters away from the faith of believing that God is who he says he is. At the foot of the mountain is the challenge. My admonition to all of us is get off our high horses. <laughs> Use the mountaintop experience to ask God to help us be able to bless somebody else. Following mountaintop experiences are some difficult moments and some difficult days. Perhaps the greatest of all contemporary mountaintop experience was seen on April the 3rd, 1968. In Memphis, Tennessee, at Mason Temple Church of God in Christ. A young civil rights icon now, at that time, he was just a young preacher by the name of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, God had called him to do a great work. 
God had called him. He had won the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> he had done some marvelous things. He had organized the 1963 march on Washington, D.C. that saw at that time the largest protest ever. But yet, Dr. King knew that it was not about his glory. God showed him something. God took him to a place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so Dr. King, at the end of his sermon, <laughs> I love this clip. I have it in one of my favorites on my phone, on my iPad, and I can listen to it over and over again. Yesterday, I heard that three-minute clip 10 times in my spirit. I can hear the words of Dr. King saying this. Well, I, I don't know what will happen now. Notice what he said. We've got some difficulties ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not concerned about it now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind like anybody. I want to live a long time. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. <laughs> when you've been to the mountain, you're not concerned about your own self. He says, I'm not concerned about my long life now. I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. Woo. And he's allowed me to see the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. Thank you, Dr. King. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. When God takes you to the mountaintop, you don't worry about it anymore. You say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. When God takes you to the mountaintop, although your body may be ragged with pain, some of you may even lose a loved one. And there are some believers that will go on to be with the Lord. But that's all right now. <laughs> My dad laid in that bed at the Baptist Hospital in 2006 of February of September 27th. And I knew uh, that dad was ready. My mom and sisters were there we were at home and we got the call to come. And when I got there, I said to my sisters and my mom, how did he go? And they said he just slept away so peaceful. Why? Because he's had his mountaintop experience. And he knew, dad knew before he died, he called each one of his grandchildren to his bedside and he held their hands and he imparted in them words of wisdom as Dr. King did, as Paul did Timothy. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished the course. 
and now I'm ready. When you've been to the mountain, you know everything is going to be all right. Uh, the old folk says, if you know the Lord is blessing you, what are you worried about? If you know the Lord is blessing you, why can't you sing and shout? Glory, hallelujah, praise his name. Every day will be the same. If you know the Lord is blessing you, then give God the praise. God says the mountaintop is more than a validation of your position. It is who God is and what God has called you to do. Listen, as we prepare to conclude this third message of this series, let us share with you three key takeaways from today's message. I want you to hear this. Number one is this. Mountaintop experiences are incredible supernatural encounters with God by which the power of his glory is revealed to us and in us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you to be in your presence. Thank you. If you've ever experienced the glory of God, then you know, although your body is ragged with pain, God is still good all the time. I've seen people that I've ministered to in excruciating pain, but still I've seen joy all over their life because they still know that God is still good all the time. Second key is this. We must remember that our mountaintop experiences are not to validate or to bring glory to ourselves. It's not about us, but it is to bring God's glory to us and through us. It's all about God's glory. God said to Peter in verse 4, listen to him. This is not about you, Peter. It's not about memorials or shelters, but this is about the glory of God. And here's the third and the final one as we prepare for this altar call right now. Our mountaintop experiences are to motivate and to inspire us to do what God has called us to do. Please hear this. Hear these words. Remember this. The real work is done at the foot of the mountain, which is in the valley. I brought my son to your disciples, and they could do nothing about his situation. The real work is not on top of the mountain. The real work is not in our cathedrals, our sanctuaries, our places of worship. The real work is what we do for the kingdom. But if you've ever experienced God's presence, (laughs) then just know this, that your life will never be the same. Listen to these words by Donna Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers. Do you know what it is? Can I tell you 
how it is. Oh, to know how it feels to be in the presence, in the presence of the king. <laughs> uh, such an honor, such a privilege Woo! to be in the presence, in the presence of the king. Such a pleasure, such an honor. Experience the fullness of joy. God's presence, bathe in his presence. I like these words. It's an honor. All of the worshipers, come on and join me. It's a privilege to be in the presence of the king. Such an honor, such a privilege to be in the presence of the king. Ooh, come on right now. Mm. Yeah. God is speaking to somebody right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Sister Janelle Mitchell tells us what it is uh, can I tell you mountain top mountain top how it is mountain top uh, to know uh, yeah 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 how it feels uh, to be in the presence of our king uh, do you know somebody lift your hands Say, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> I know what it is, Lord. Can I tell you? Oh, Janelle, yeah. How it is. Ah, yeah. Oh, to know. <laughs> how it feels. God's getting ready to, to take you there right the now. the presence of our King. Lift your hands and say God's presence. Baby in his presence. Where I wanna be. Where I wanna uh, listen, be, oh listen. Lord. It's Oh, it's up to be. speaking to someone right now. Can I take time to tell you Lord, I know what it is. How it is. I know how it feels, Lord. Oh, to know Ooh, how. how it feels. If you've been there, you know how we feel. Uh, yeah, you know what it is. In your house, 
Walk in the yard wherever you are. Sweet. something I feel something God's taking with you man. wherever you are right now God's sending it in, in Atlanta Georgia in New York City wherever you are God is sending it to you right now ah, listen Dr. King said in April 3rd, 1968, but it really doesn't matter with me now <laughs> because I've been to the mountaintop. <laughs> if you've ever been in the presence of God, nothing else matters. The trouble you're going through, the coronavirus, we all are concerned about that. Listen, we will never trivialize or minimize that, but I'm here to tell you in the midst of everything you're going through, Ooh, it's an honor and a privilege to be in God's presence. Come on. Come on and tell him again. To be in the presence Everyone, take it higher. It's an honor. My testimony is this. When I had my mountaintop experience, it wasn't that I did not know the Lord. I, I, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. And I went to Sunday school. But, but I didn't always know God. But when I got to know him, when I knew him for myself, and I had my own mountaintop experience, then it really didn't matter what anyone else said, what anyone else was trying to do. Someone asked me just the other day, says, where do you get that sense of calmness? Is it hereditary? I says, but not from the father you think. 
It's hereditary, but it comes from a higher source. God will give you a peace that surpasses all human understanding. And in the midst of whatever you're going through, in the midst of sickness, trials, and tribulation, whoo, you can lift your hands and say it's an honor and a privilege. Come on. Come on. Such an All of my worshipers, all of the praises in the midst of your sickness. of a heart being broken it's there is healing there is deliverance there's a number on the screen 888-776-1238 wherever you are whatever you're going through God says, I, I want to invite my presence to you. The good thing about God's presence is that it's not, it's not limited, it's not bound by any geographical constraints. God says, I don't need to wait until the church opens to get to you. I can get to you wherever you are right now. Because there's a mother sitting in a bedroom with a broken heart. And God says, I'll send my presence there. There's a father worried about your son. God says, I'll send my presence there. there. There's a family. How are we going to make it if we lose our jobs? God says, I'll send my presence there. And in the midst of whatever you're going through, God says, because you had that mountaintop experience with God, God will give you a peace that far exceeds any human understanding. Close those eyes. Let us pray. Wherever you are, if you need a prayer partner, if you're looking to be a part of a virtual congregation, we, we receive prayer partners and members from all over the country. We want to give you an opportunity to be a part of this ministry. You don't have to be physically here in South Carolina. All that simply means is that we pray together. We touch and agree together. We'll send you the correspondence. We, we, we will be a part of what God is doing together. We've heard so many powerful testimonies from folk all over the country. So we thank God for the word. And trust me, I told you in the message, it is not about Bible way. And it's certainly not about me. Because in my absence, God can use anybody. And God reminded me, the only reason you went to the mountaintop is I chose you. <laughs> you didn't choose me. <laughs> I chose you. I took you there. You didn't bring me there. And so I'm honored and I'm humbled of what God is doing. And God can bless you where you are right now. Close those eyes. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for this series. Thank you for this message. I fulfilled my assignment in this third message of this series. You said to me to talk about not the valley, not the wilderness, but talk about the mountaintop. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that there are places, whoo, there are places where you can take us, where there's peace and there's joy. There are places that you can take us, even in the midst of a pandemic, even as we face health 
challenges that there there's peace, that there's joy. In the midst of all of that, we know that you're still able, Lord. And so we say, touch right now. We send you across the airways. We send you across continents. We send you on the other side of the world. We send you in somebody's dark living room right now. Uh, and say, you can be that shining bright light. They can have that mountaintop experience. Thank you. Because it is already done. <laughs> it is already done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Moment, can we worship God? Unless there is this past Tuesday, God led us to do something very special, and, and I ask you to bear with us for just one moment, for we had not done this throughout this whole pandemic. As God says, ask for a special $7 offering so that we would be able to continue to do ministry. We put some pictures for you on the screen of what we have been doing, providing food to those that are in need. We've had a COVID-19 screening in this community in which there are people who could not go other places. They were able to come to our Dream Center and get a free test. We were able to provide water and food to those that are in need. Uh, throughout the week, we take meals to senior citizens. That's the food pantry and others. We put it on our bus and on our vans and we drive it to those that are in need just to be a blessing to someone else. Just a week or so ago, there was a 95-year-old lady who's a member of the community. She's not a member of this church. She called and says it's hot and I just need some bottled water. I can't get out of my house. We immediately provided for her bottled water and not just for her but her neighbors and gave her food to go along with it. I say that to say that the real work is not on top of the mountain, but it is at the foot of the mountain. And thanks to you and your generosity, we are able to minister to the foot of the mountain. So there's a special category that simply says Tuesday night special offering. If you go online and drop down, you'll see that. It says Tuesday night special offering. If you weren't able to give on Tuesday night, you can give a $7 offering. Someone texts me after the 8 o'clock and they say, Pastor, I gave on Tuesday, but God told me to do it again today because I want to be a blessing for those that are in me. Perhaps God is challenging you to do the same. When it's all said and done, God takes us to the mountaintop so that we can minister to those that are at the foot of the mountain. Be a blessing. In order for you to receive a blessing, you must be a blessing. Thank you so much. A very special thank you. Join us Tuesday night. We've got a special throwback service. We've got a special take me back service Tuesday night. Bishop Huey L. Rogers, all the way from New York City. He blessed us in 2013 during our 50th year church anniversary. 
uh, Bishop Rogers came and he preached. And so we are going to rebroadcast that service to all of my friends that are in New York. Call somebody else and say, Bishop Rogers will be at Bible Way on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Get your chair. Get your couch. Put your dance shoes on. Be ready to touch, touch somebody. And nobody is there to touch. Just touch the air. You know Bishop Rogers is going to have you doing some things. But be a blessing. Amen. We know that God's going to do something great on Tuesday night. Come on, once again, praise team. Tell them, yeah. yeah. To be in the Worship with us. Keep, keep that screen on the board. How to give that $7. Special Tuesday night offer. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And everybody, wherever you are, said amen, amen, a mountaintop experience. Amen. Thank you for your contributions. We're going to leave it on the screen for a while so that you can continue to give. We want to be a blessing. Amen. We want to go back to that 95-year-old lady and says, this time you didn't have to ask for it. We're bringing it to you even if you didn't ask for it. Amen. Thank you so much for your contributions. to thank everyone again for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account, or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, visit our website at bwcar.org.